You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 123, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, Foo Comics, Triptych Books, and Discount Comic Book Service. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 123. My name is Ron, and I'm here with Josh. Hello. And uh, Connor is still on his um, his extended vacation, his leave of absence. Um, <laughs> so we invited a special guest to join us, Mr. Tom Caters. Hey, it's like a Hands Across America version. It really is. We've got Wow, we've got people in every time zone. Mountain, but they don't count. Oh, Mountain doesn't count. No, they never count. <laughs> Um, Tom, should, can we can we say you're of around comics podcast, or is that no longer, or is it you're just not, you're just a solo artist now? Uh, I, I'm just my own man. <laughs> I suppose I'm still. I guess. I mean, it isn't like the podcast episodes have disappeared off the face of the earth. So. Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not like all those Genesis records disappeared when Phil Collins left. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I am of the Around Comics podcast. <laughs> um, and you're also of your Tom vs. the JLA podcast, which we'll talk about later. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. So, all right. Before we get started, uh, for anybody who might be new to the game, um, and we know you're not, but I'll say it anyway. Um, we're from we're from not Around Comics, but iFanboy.com, <laughs> where we read comics and we talk about them. And every week, one of us um, reads all the comics that they can in on a Wednesday and picks the best one and writes a review of it on iFanboy.com. And then we come here and talk about it as well as the other comics that came out during the week uh, here on this podcast. Um, before we get started, and Tom, I'm going to warn you as well. We're going to talk about what happens in the comics. So we, it's often called spoilers in the web, in the, in the internet. The netiquette is spoilers. Um, <laughs> so if you don't want to be spoiled, um, stop, pause the podcast, come back later after you read your comics, and Tom, you're just shit out of luck. So. Um, well, I honestly, I had to when I you invited me to be on the show. I said, "Crap, I'm going to have to start reading comic books again." <laughs> I haven't. So. Just when you thought you were out, we pulled you back in. Exactly. <laughs> pretending I like them, pretending I care. Oh, who's the artist? Who cares? <laughs> All right, so let's get started with this. Josh had the pick this week, so Josh, let her go. Now, as far as I'm, as far as I know, uh, Tom, you haven't read this, so I'll be spoiling it for you. Okay, I'm fine with it. All right, that's fine. You um, may continue with the show. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have just stopped. All right. Uh, you'll note uh, I'm not hacking and about to die, so I'm I'm starting to feel better. Yeah, you're on the mend. Welcome back. Let me tell you. Um, I had a whole heaping load of books this week, and uh, if you if you've been on on iFanboy.com or anywhere, you you know that, or you went to a comic book store, you know that this week was kind of absurd. Yeah. Like, I mean, this was this was the most absurd week I've seen in a long time. Bunch of premiere issues from really big people coming out there's the, the new frontier and then this this book logan uh by by brian vaughn and uh, eduardo riso and i read through everything and and there was a lot of really good books but you know i was kind of surprised i was like oh i think i think logan was the best thing i read and i kind of looked through them again i was like it, it was and you know, I'm the first one to admit there was really nothing terribly special about it. Like, it was a Wolverine story. He was in Japan. 
But um, what what it did have is is it rekindled my my love affair with Brian K. Vaughn, who I who I've, I've really missed. <laughs> Does his wife know about that? <laughs> Every time I'm on this show, someone says something uh, some sort of embarrassing uh, admission about their love for Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> I'm, I'm not embarrassed in the least. Um, but honestly, like I I miss him doing comics. It's it's really notable. I just like the way that he makes comic books and that that he sets them up. Um, I don't really have a huge love for Wolverine, um, but what you've got here is a, a Wolverine story about uh, – there's a flashback to him during World War II as a prisoner in a Japanese camp, uh, and he meets another American, and they break out, and he meets a girl. And it was all very stuff that's been done before, but it was sort of in the style of it uh, that, that, that really got me. Um, also, the art was by Eduardo Riso, who I've always, always loved, and and I stopped, but I stopped reading uh, 100, 100 Bullets because uh, it, I didn't know what was going on for about four months straight. Because it makes no or sense. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'm I, I, I'm almost convinced that it does. <laughs> You've come around to the I end. Just, yeah, that I just I just gave up, and, and you know, like if I had to, if I were to gather up all my issues right now and read them right in a row. Um, it would probably be better, and I'm I'm totally willing to admit that, and I'll go back someday. But whatever. Anyway, the, I never had a problem with Eduardo Riso's art. I've always loved him from the second that I that I sort of saw his work. He's he's really he's been one of my favorites. But uh, you know, he only does that book for the most part. So it's you know he gets out every once in a while, I guess, to do stuff like this. Um, it's really just a basic, simple story, and then Vaughn does what he does best, <laughs> like Wolverine. Um, is oh. the last page oh. makes you go <laughs> makes you go oh because he's really good at the issues he I don't know if there is a better person at writing single issues in comic books who doesn't work doing comic books anymore <laughs> because he did this a long time ago as far yeah. as I understand like he wrote this this quite a long time back yeah basically uh, again like we're gonna spoil it but uh, he meets this girl and 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 after he escapes from the prison in there. They're having a lovely night together, and he wakes up in the morning, and he's like, she, she, he's like, this is heaven. She's like, no, not heaven. He's like, where am I? And she goes, Hiroshima. And it just says, it was the most beautiful word I ever heard, and like, it's a beautiful sunset. And that's the last page. So I'm like, wow. <laughs> Wolverine during the atom bomb drop. <laughs> Vaughn really likes the disasters, like the end of Ex Machina 1 and this one. Like he really Is that he doesn't. Like he does these huge, stupid, obvious things that no yeah. one else did. Like, of course, Wolverine during Hiroshima. Yeah, well, I mean, I, duh. I think it's uh, sounds interesting. I haven't picked it up yet, but I'm going to. I like it when someone can take Wolverine's past and instead of focusing on like, let's fill in all the blanks. You know, it's a character who you have an opportunity to really put anywhere in 20th century history. Yep. You rarely see anyone actually do that. You know, there was a story where he was in the concentration camp, which I thought was really cool. And this also sounds great because he, you can put him there and he's going to forget about it. What's also interesting, because of that, apparently Wolverine has been in every notable moment in, in the 20th century. Like, he was in the Spanish uh, Civil War in the 30s with General Issa <laughs> Franco. The like, he's... He's the Forrest Gump of Marvel Comics. He really is. I was just, I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the thing is, is, you're not wrong, is that like he's not going to remember. So basically you can do these Elseworlds stories. And one of the comments that I would see – that I kept seeing on the site was like, oh, come on, another Wolverine story? Well, you know, there's a reason that this character uh, endures. You know, just like if you get – if I was to read a really good Batman story tomorrow, someone would go, oh, come on. Do we need another Batman story? And there's a lot more Batman stories than there are Wolverine stories. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so he can be a good character when used. And I, I think that Tom actually, you, you said it well in a way that I hadn't thought of. They're not trying to reveal something about his past that makes him who he is. They're trying to tell, they're saying, well, what if you put him here and you tell that story? And that's what's intriguing to me. Cool. So, um, so to step away from Vaughn for a moment, um, you bought the black and white version, right? Did not. Oh, I mean, I heard about. It. I mean, no, no, no disrespect to Dean White who colored the color version, but they released. I thought it was really interesting that they released this both black and white and color. Um, and I actually bought both to compare them. And while Dean White did a good job coloring it, Eduardo Riso's art in black and white is just. I mean, it's it, it's like it, it harkens back to the work that he did that we none of us have seen. You know that he did. You know overseas and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, black and white, it just looks amazing. It just looks really, really good. Um, so. I don't know. The black he's and white like, was the black and white was the one to get in my book. So he's not. He, he you can see like the Frank Miller influence and 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 it's probably other stuff that I'm not smart enough to know about. But uh, I actually made a point to say that I really like the colors in this book in the one that I read. Uh, Dean White. Dean White. Dean White. Dean White. Dean White. Yeah. White. Uh, the 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 sort of stuff that takes place in the past has this washed out watercolor look. That's that's really nice. Yeah. It's just sort of a muted palette. Um, well, because it's, it's got to be a challenge for Dean White or any colorist who's, who's, who's coloring somebody like Riso who doesn't need to be colored. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, what you've got to do is you can't just you can't just fill you know you know you know color in between the lines and and, and you like you got you have to do something to almost you know match the level of the pencils as they are. You know, so bring yeah, game. yeah, exactly. Game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Ron, what did you think? Oh, I I loved it. I mean, I I don't know if it was the pick, but I think I I think uh, my pick was uh, fairly easy this week. But um, um, I, I thought it, I thought it was great. I mean, it it was classic Vaughn at his best, and everything you said about Wolverine and and I just and Riso's art for me is what put this over the top. I mean, it's almost like I don't even care that Vaughn did it. You know what I mean? Like it, it was the it was the art that really blew me away. So it really does make me wish that we could see more Vaughn. Basically, yeah. Well, give up that hope. I know. So. Well, I'll buy it because I'm a big uh, Hiroshima fan. <laughs> You've got all these Hiroshima collectibles in your apartment. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that was what it was about. It's funny the that I, I, didn't inform me. I sort of lean Nagasaki, but I'll, I'll go with it for this. <laughs> if I have to. So, Thank so God they, old they, people they... don't listen. <laughs> Ouch. That made me feel bad. Um, uh, yeah, so there's, there's your pick. we got a lot of other books to get to. So. Yeah. So I, I honestly was surprised because I thought I, – I mean I teased you actually because I knew you had the pick and I was just like, dude, why are you even – like start writing it now because it's going to be the Justice League New Frontier special because we've been on this Justice League New Frontier high for the past month. Um, <laughs> and, and speaking of which, we should probably attest uh, – those of you who listened to our last week's show, we we're, doing a, we we're doing a giveaway with the New Frontier and uh, the pint glasses from the party. We're going to announce the winners at the end of the show, so stay tuned. But anyway, so um, – yeah, so I thought that would this would have been your pick. Um, why wasn't it, you son of a bitch? Oh, ooh. I will <laughs> tell you exactly why. Yeah. I was probably, I was probably right near the end of the Superman Batman story, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing that I have ever seen in my life." <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I was down. It was. You know what I mean, it was right. T- t- Tom, did you pick up this book or did you? Yes, read it? I did. Okay. I did. So this was this. I mean, there are classic Superman Batman fights, but none have really been held up as close to the Dark Knight uh, Return, the the Batman um, yeah. Superman fight in the Dark Knight. Um, this stands right up there next to it, if you ask me. 
totally I, stands was, up next to it. I was totally having fun with it, and it's beautiful. You know, it's 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 you know, there's there's a pay, there's a panel where uh, he drives the Batmobile, or Batman drives the Batmobile directly at like uh, at Superman, or he drives it at a Cliff. pile of junk or something, yeah. and he's got like a grin on his face, like an evil just. Smirk. I was like, <laughs> this is great, and then. It, it, it got I, it lost me. I'll be completely honest. When uh, when when Batman was like, "Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. No hard feelings." <laughs> I do I think like, that was really that was really done really fast. <laughs> I say I liked how Darwin Cook t- took Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, and put them all together, and you can see why the three of them have the relationship that they do. They're, they're yeah. not just. Um, sort of emotionless icons you know superman's always good wonder woman's a warrior and batman's like dark and evil there's a reason why there would be a friendship between them and there's a reason why when they're together and they're written really well they're really interesting to read yeah i thought that was very well done i'll agree with you tom totally except i do agree with josh that the end was just very it was almost like it was almost like cook realized he's like oh crap i'm running out of pages yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, ended really fast. but that said, is that a gold? And Tom, you might know better than either me or Josh. Is that a golden age story? Silver. Silver. Well, sil- silver, golden. Well, this know, is on like, the cusp. Yeah. The first time Batman and Superman met each other was like on a cruise liner. So <laughs> let's, not, let's not hang too closely to continuity for for guidance on what a great story is. Well, uh, speaking of continuity, just to step away from the Batman Superman story, how how epically awesome was the first page? Yes, it was pretty much a big oh. middle finger to uh, <laughs> anyone who's like, oh, "What world? What earth is this on?" You know, like, who cares? It's just, fiction. What I just, yeah, what I loved was Rip Hunter because the first page explains it, it. Kind of, you know, it says it's Rip Hunter say, talking to you, the reader, and he's an- answering the question that you might have is, "When does this book take place?" But he's doing it in like this kitschy '50s kind of way. He's got a pipe in one panel. He's got a coonskin cap, you know, <laughs> like, and then it just ends with him just, you know, making a drink and sitting with a chick, turning the the record player on and going who cares just enjoy the book <laughs> i really like how he shoots a salesman yeah. in the midst of it yeah, but... yes. <laughs> the salesman dies off panel though and then yeah, but you hear him <gasps> and you see yeah. green lantern completely then... confused at the end of it like, yeah <laughs> no, that 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 was a beautiful beautiful page i mean yeah. like the person who ends up owning that page yeah i mean it, think about that that's gonna that's an epic page yeah it totally is um what'd you think of the other couple of stories um I thought they were all right. Um, I I loved I, I to be honest with you I loved the description on the on um of the Superman of the one I'm sorry the Wonder Woman Black Canary on the on the table of contents better than I liked the story. Yeah. Wonder Woman Black Canary fight the gender war and I was like oh that's great. <laughs> I thought it was a little I thought it was a little too cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. like the Glory Steinem thing at the end. Yeah. It's like all right okay I get it. Well, <laughs> yeah, he did that same thing in that one issue of the Spirit. Yeah, I mean, sort of when he did that. Uh, I mean, you know, it was cutesy. Yeah, it's almost like he was going for a different tone in this. So I, I can sort of, yeah, I don't want to say forgive it. Well, but, but uh, the thing is, it's a forty. It's a however many page special. I mean, like how you know, like it's a packed book. You know, and it's fun and, to do different styles, though. Yeah. I mean, you gotta give them that. Yeah. I so, didn't think it was um, terrible. I didn't throw the book to the ground to scream. <laughs> no, you know, it was kind of – I almost would have reordered it because, like, the first story, the, the you know, the fight and the, and the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman thing was so sort of epic that afterwards yeah. it just felt like, you know, what you were reading didn't, didn't yeah. matter as much. It what like filler when it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. What, like no, exactly. 
and yeah. and what I what I do what I do love about what Cook has done with with the characters, at least in his universe and on his you know Earth or whatever, is mainly like with Wonder Woman and Black Canary. Is like you really see it, like Wonder Woman's big. You know what I mean? Like she's a big woman. You know what I mean? And like, and J Bone in, with his with his pencils on the Wonder Woman uh, Black Canary story takes a more kind of animation, almost more hourglass kind of over the top, you know, kind of thing. But but still, you get this idea where they're beautiful, but they're she's she's bigger than Black Canary. You know what I mean? Like yeah, J Bone kind of gave her a front butt. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. There's other words too, and I'm not saying them. Um, I do. I I really like Cook's Cook's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, I, I learned that when I watched the, the New Frontier DVD recently yeah. again, and then I really love her in the, in the Superman-Batman story. Like, yeah. I, it's the only person I can think of who's made me interested in yeah. Wonder Woman. Is... I, I, I thought this was a great cap to our kind of month of New Frontier. I thought this was a great way to end it. Terry Moore, uh, a creator who is very near and dear to uh, Ron in my heart. I don't know. Ron, uh, Tom, did you ever read Strangers in Paradise? Uh, I'm in the uh, course of reading the books. Awesome. The, uh, okay. pocket Cool. Are you, are you liking it? Yes, I am. I enjoy. I enjoy quite a bit. How great of a format is that to read, though? I mean, the, it's the best. Yeah. On the train, it looks yeah. like I'm reading a book. Awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, well, he, he he came out with Echo Number One, which is his first n- new creation, other than Paradise Two, really ever. Um, well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, who knows what else he's got in his books? But his first, this is his his next creator-owned project after Strangers in Paradise. So, which is, which is, yeah. which is a pretty big deal to live up to. Yeah, um, I, I, I just well, yeah. Well, I'm a huge more fan. Or just really quickly, I think it's really interesting. And I know it's been said elsewhere in the blogosphere, but I think like a couple of weeks ago we had Jeff Smith um, with Rassel Number One, which is his first book after Bone. And now this week we have Terry Moore with Echo Number One, and then in a couple of weeks we're going to have Glamour Puss, which is Dave Sims' first book after Cerebus. And so it's, it's also just David Lapham. Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, but Lapham's been working. It's not. It's not like Lapham's done nothing else, you know. But um, I mean, Lapham had Silverfish recently. We're going to talk about Lapham in a second. But um, but yeah, you're right. I could lump Lapham in that. But I think it's really interesting to see these like kind of icons of. You know the the '90s independent movement, although Sim goes back to the '70s, but still, but like icons, on like kind of starting over again. Yeah, you know, and, and they have to start completely from scratch. Yeah, that that's that, crazy. That said, I knew I wrote something up on iFanboy.com about my anticipation of Echo and how I had done no, I didn't read about it. I just I went completely media blackout about it. All the all I allowed myself was to write that piece on iFanboy.com, put up the preview art that uh, that Terry sent us of the of the five pages that really don't give anything away. All I knew was a girl with some sort of camera involved, some sort of photography. Um, after reading this, well, damn, he went sci-fi. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Neither did I. <laughs> and it, it looks it looks like Strangers in Paradise. So y- I yeah. was like, oh, I'm weird. I'm from they call that flipping the script on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that said, I I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. It didn't it I mean like the thing is, is that like I'm not going to I'm not going to be like, "Oh, it looks like Strangers in Paradise." Like that's what he does. That's how he draws. That's what, I you know. I love the way he draws. Yeah. I have no problem with that. I did feel it's 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 very much a first issue. Oh yeah. Um and and there was there was a lot of Oh, I don't it, like. It felt like it ended quickly. He, I mean, he had to get through a lot. So, so I, I, it's not a. Fault, well, I, but, but no, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I actually don't agree with that. I, I mean, it's a, it was definitely a first issue. But we saw what the we we were introduced to. I assume is our antagonist, and we see what happened. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's some idea of some sort of government thing going on, some sort of government, you know, uh, um, you know, like super suit testing going on. An explosion happens. All these little pieces of metal fall on this poor photographer girl, and she gets back home and she sees the the. Super suit, like the the government suit, starting to grow a patch on her chest. 
So it's the symbiote. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, so I mean, lost. I mean, I thought it was a perfect first issue. You know what I mean? Like, no, it, 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 you know, it set the sta- set the stage, and you know. I think by the time it was over, I was like, wow, but more. I mean, it's well, that's actually about Rosalind. I think it's just the the twenty two page. Well, that, that's that's what a monthly issue is supposed to do. It's supposed to yeah. make you want more. It's true. I want Although all of it at come. once. <laughs> is he doing this every six weeks or every? Um, I don't know. I would. Um, it says March two thousand eight, so I'm assuming he's going to go monthly. I mean, Terry's always he's he's tried to do monthly, so I, yeah. and he never really has a problem with it. So, um, so I got to Razzle, and it was like May two thousand eight. I was like, ooh, because yeah. that felt like that even more. Yeah, uh, where it's like it just ended. Quick. May. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where I'm going to be in May. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty intrigued. Yeah. I really because I I mean he's he's proven to me that he's so good with the stuff that he's done. Like, yeah, I'll give him a ton of leeway i want to know what he's going to do because this feels very different yeah i'm excited for it so um and so then on the same tip you mentioned david lapham um david lapham's young liars number one came out this week um which was a vertigo book i believe it's creator owned um but but published through vertigo before i talked about the comic book did did either of you pick it up or see it in the store or anything i read it okay (laughs) i won't read david lapham he makes me cry really Oh, I, I, uh-huh. I, he's he's so depressing. Right. Well, I don't know if you saw the cover, but this is my nomination for the best cover of the year so far. It's pretty hot. It's it's, it's hot cover. It's an awesome cover. You've got you know, boom, a noticeable logo that's dynamic, sitting on top of a guitar with a gun attached to the end of it. You see issue one, big single panel of the main character who's screaming at, "Are you ready for this?" You know, like this this cover. I walked into the store and I saw this cover on the counter and I was like, "What is that?" And then I realized what it was and I got so fucking excited. It was awesome. It's got it has a guitar with a gun. Yeah. Besides that, a guitar with a gun on it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. See, her leg is made of a machine gun. <laughs> it's on that same school, yes. Yeah. So, um, so this, this, I didn't know what to expect going into this. I open, open up the first page, and the, um, the, the story is called at a thousand miles an hour, and the, the, the credits are actually printed like on a, on a mixtape, and on the back side of the mixtape, there's some recommendations of songs, which you know I always love when music is, is pulled into the comics, and we're introduced to this world of this kid who, um. Who moved, you know, moved to New York City with a couple, you know, a couple, some money and, and a guitar, and meets up with just a crazy girl, and ends up um, who's a uh, who's a, of course, a, you know, she's a descendant of a of a wealthy father, um, and but she's just completely crazy, and you just get introduced to this like urban city environment that is just that moves at a thousand miles an hour, and it and you get this feeling of. Um, there's some level of mystery in that they're, you know, they're everybody, everybody's kind of on the edge of making it or not, you know, like, you know, like he had to sell his guitar to keep, you know, to pay his rent and that sort of thing. And, um, and when his whole kind of social group find out that this girl is missing and actually, you know, related to the money, you're going to see where the kind of the mystery starts to, not the mystery, but the, you know, the, the violent element is going to play into it as people get greedy and turn each other in and all that kind of stuff. But, um, this was Dave Lapham at his best. This was, you know. I, I really quite enjoyed it as well. I like the aspect of it that everyone seems to think they're more important than they are. Yeah. You know, all the care. You know, you have your uh, woman. Who I have something to like, say about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the girl who drops out of school to marry yeah. a rock star, and then she catches a venereal disease from that rock star and can't have babies. Yeah. You know, just stuff that is depressing, but uh, also sort of. Uh, gallows humor funny yep. in a way uh and i i thought it moved along at like a really nice pace too yep. 
for a Vertigo book. If I had like a criticism for some of the Vertigo books, is that they the pace is maybe a sl- slight bit too slow. But this one did not have that problem. Yeah. You Are you talking about scalped? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> No, Mother's I mean, part I... five of thirty. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, this I one, love the it, book. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, it is truly moving extremely fast, and yeah. that, I I liked it. I thought it was a good first issue. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, and and I probably didn't describe it as well as the the little summary on the Vertigo page can. But you know, you know, Sadie was a poor little rich girl with a bullet lodged in her brain. The brain turned her into an adrenaline adrenaline junkie who loves skydiving off buildings and kicking the daylights kicking the daylights out of people. Um, so I mean, it 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 moves as fast as it says it would, and it just got this energy, and it reminds me of the great you know stray bullets days of the of the mid to late nineties that Lapham was doing that book, and um, this is probably as close as we're gonna get to it. So like, bring it on! And that cover was just epic. It was just so good, so so good. So yeah, one mind getting shot with that guitar gun. Yeah, the guitar gun's pretty cool. The guitar gun, it, it looks like it because it, it worked. It, the guitar gun wasn't just on the cover; it worked its way into the story too. So. Is there any chance that we can call it a guntar? <laughs> we could. <laughs> Which we'll is have start to use that word that I didn't want to use earlier. <laughs> anyway. Guntar. <laughs> guntar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. How about the all-new Adam? <laughs> uh, I uh, was I, – I wanted to talk about this because it was actually something that made me have to confront the fanboyish side of me. That uh, You confront the fanboy? people. You know, the part that I make fun of other people for on the internet, well, not on the internet, but I talk to people and say, look at what this person said and make fun of them. <laughs> when uh, you have a character like the Adam, who's been written by one person, Gail Simone, and it has a very definite feel to it, and then someone else starts writing it, and my first feeling when I'm writing it is like, this is not Ryan Choi. This is not... <laughs> the whole time I'm starting to get angry. And then by the end, I'm like, calm, calm down. It's just... You know, how many, uh, every month you probably have, what, seven different people writing Batman? Yeah. And I got all, like, worked up for about 11 pages about how I didn't feel Ryan Choi as if he was a real person. And someone was, like, messing with his MySpace page. <laughs> and then I finally came to terms with it. Because uh, the Gail Simone version was a very sort of wacky, zany, like, lots of crazy stuff going on. And Remender and um, Olaf really made it more of a pulpy, science fiction-y I'm sh- I'm shocked that Remender would make something a pulpy science fiction kind of feel to something. It hardly ever happens. I know. It's just <laughs> Oh, this was Remender's first issue. Yeah, That's you didn't pick it up there. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I had so many books. I don't even know what I read. What I thought was really fun what I thought was really funny was on the actually the cover itself there's actually a a balloon that says get ready for high adventure science fiction, you know. <laughs> Get ready for it. <laughs> Shove it down your throat. Shove it down your throat. <laughs> it was it was okay. Uh, I you know I I think having really enjoyed the previous version, it'd probably take me a couple issues to let go of that uh, the eight year old in me that demands that Ryan Choi be that way forever. Yeah. One thing you're not gonna get out of Rick Remender is Gail Simone. <laughs> no. you know what I mean, like if, if nothing else, there's a joke there that I'm not gonna make. <laughs> Like, no one has ever been like, I really like this, Gail Simone. Wait a minute, this is written by Rick Remender. That's never happened. No matter how hard you try, you're not going to pull Gail Simone out of Rick Remender. Nor would you want to. No. Leave it be. Leave it be. Just let it go. Step away from the writer. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I I didn't read. Well, no, don't get me. Uh, actually, that's a lie. I've only read a couple of issues of uh, the Adam by Gail Simone. Um, because uh, actually, Hank of Chicago uh, bought them for me at the Chicago Con this past summer. Because um, he, he did take stuff from him. He, I know. I tried not to, but he wouldn't take no for an answer. He really wanted me to read them. Um, yeah, see how he rolls. I know, Hank. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but uh, so I read those issues and I enjoyed it. I see what you mean by the tone of this is a little different, and I don't want to say this is like the Atom, but uh, Fear Agent meets the Atom. But it it is science fictiony. I mean, like you know, there's the there's the you know he's got the helmet bubble, and and there's a lot of um, you know, like he gets really small and he's in the bloodstream and all that kind of stuff. So it's like it's it's it, it, you know it's interesting, you know. So well, not to be cruel about it, but you know, if your book is only selling twenty thousand copies, yeah, you're probably gonna get. A personality change yeah. at some level, you know. That yeah, is, yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. But it wasn't all of the other atoms were were very wrapped up in countdown too. Well, because that we, I read a few in the middle, and it was just all. Well, that was because they were caught up in the search for Ray Palmer stuff. That's why. Yeah. So. So. I don't know. Um, neat. That's cool. Okay. Well. Uh, well, wait. Well, well before it. we move on, to, are you going to keep reading it, Tom? Or like, can you can uh, you over- give it one more? I'm going to give it one more and yeah. see if. See if it strikes my fancy. All right, so you can overcome your fanboyism. My anger. Yeah. My ang- the anger inside of me. I don't want to be angry at Rick Remender. <laughs> Especially for Gail Simone. That's what I think is so funny. I just don't. Yeah, I just I don't want Rick to have to feel that burden coming across. You know, the ether of me sitting seething in my living room as I'm like, God, <laughs> a floating head just isn't as funny. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, then. The thing about Remender where like you can like one of his books and not like another one of his books in a way that doesn't work with like Bendis or something or like Claremont. that. Or you know, Claremont. Yeah, well. well. <laughs> wow. No, but you're right. Like like yeah. his stuff can is all like you can't really pinpoint it. So it would make sense that like I don't have to feel bad if I like one of his books but don't like another one, I guess, because yeah. he's just way different. Yeah. Um, and now I'm going to get to business. All right. Business. Uh, Jim Henley's Universe is one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores. Uh, they offer the best selection of titles and merchandise uh, from mainstream to manga to minis. Uh, Jim Henley's Universe has it all. They really do go in the store. It blows your mind. Uh, the store is located opposite the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan. And, of course, on lovely Staten Island, uh, which you may know as the home of the Vulture, at 325 New Dorf Lane. You can visit them on the web at uh, jhuniverse.com. Or visit them at uh, MySpace, which is uh, myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Uh, that's where our literature meet, and we want to thank them. Cool. And um, we also, um, if a uh, brick-and-mortar store in New York is in your speed, <laughs> we'd like to... <laughs> if you're stuck in um, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, and you need your comics and you want to use the internet, um, we want to welcome our new sponsor, uh, Discount Comic Book Service at dcbservice.com. Um, they're a great, great service for ordering your weekly kind of comics over the internet. They've got monthly specials up to 75% off. They do 40% off the major publishers. They ship them really nicely for you at a flat rate of five ninety five for all U.S. orders. Um, pretty much anything in previews you want, you can get through DCBS. Um, they've got over f- 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. You can go online. You can track your orders, see what you've ordered, see what's coming. I know a lot of our listeners use them, and uh, probably a lot more of you should um, if this is your speed. Um, so head over to www.dcbservice.com and check them out today, and we thank them for, for joining the iFanboy train. So. If you're shopping at Jim Hanley's, don't use them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you if you live in New York, go to Hanley's. But if you live in um, you know somewhere else, go to DCBS Service. <laughs> like we're playing them off against each other. <laughs> well, uh, it's 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 a limited field of advertisers. 
<laughs> I gotta say that uh, every single month we end up having to talk about Green Lantern, which is I, which is ironic because a year ago we had written the series off as a failure. Yes, like uh, yeah, same like, same writer, I might add. Yeah, it's like do you remember the the in Russia with the girl with what's her name, cowgirl, and yes. all, all that stuff? Like it was bad, right? I mean, I'm not crazy. Sapphire. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't great. Yeah. They had one issue that had like a pink cover on it, yep. which is never good. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a sign of something horrible is going on. They're not paying attention to that. <laughs> that, that, that said, I, I, I'm, every issue since the Sinestro War has started, I've loved. I've absolutely, absolutely loved. And I love – I know we got a um, we got a voicemail or an email that I don't think we're doing on the show, but somebody was asking what we think of the, the, the colored lanterns. And this issue had the first, you know, appearance of the Red Lantern, and I love the idea of the colored lantern chorus. Like, is, I, I'm sorry, is that is that politically correct to say the colored lanterns, hue <laughs> lanterns? I just it sounds very bad. The um, spectrum of emotional power. Yeah, exactly. But so, so we're introduced to the red, the first Red Lantern. With red is fueled by rage, and it's uh, Lara, who is the um, Green Lantern, who was uh, found guilty by the Green by the Alpha Lanterns of killing um, Abensur's son. So um, I love the the idea of the using the whole spectrum of colors because when you think about a book like Green Lanterns, very much traditionally born out of the most technicolor elements of comic yep. books. Yeah. You know, it's all about colors. You know, and yellow and green, and it's one of those concepts that when you hear it, you're like. Well, yeah. Why didn't anyone ever do that before? That, I, I had the exact same thought. I can't believe this hasn't been done yet. You know, how many years has it been? Like sixty years or fifty years of the Green Lantern? You know. Well, they were busy that. making hell a truck driver. They didn't have time. They didn't, they didn't have was, time for stuff like this. That's my note about this issue is that, like, Johns is doing things that seem so freaking obvious. Yeah. And it's like, and however many years, 40, 50 years, this hasn't been done yet? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, and I've got to say that Sinestro in this is like, he's what a great villain. He's Ben Linus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just a great villain. And, and, and I just, all this, the scenes where he sits. Sort of in the shadows in a cell are the most intriguing. He totally is the creepy dude from Lost. You're totally right. I also absolutely think that before this whole storyline's over, the Blackest Night, uh, that Sinestro is going to get a you know a Green Lantern ring at some point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah, believe that. Be like the low point. Yeah, you know they, they have to turn to him for help. Yeah, yeah. And if Jeff Johns is listening to this, I got your number. <laughs> I read your book, you magnificent bastard. <laughs> He's a great white whale, isn't he? Yeah. John, John's is just writing books for Tom. In case somebody knows, like Jeff's sitting there in L.A. going, "What would Tom like?" He calls him. Let me ask you: If I could get you any kind of book, what is it you would want? He's like red, orange, green, blue. Yes. So, um, so, uh, so those of you who who might be have been to ifanboy.com recently have probably noticed that Jonathan Hickman, uh, the uh, comics creator, has been writing a biweekly column for us. You would think that because of that we would talk about his book more but actually it works in reverse where I'm like oh no we can't talk about his book because we don't want to seem like we're in bed with him or whatever but there's no way that we can't talk about Pax Romana in my mind you know? listen and, and this this everything I say to you has nothing to do with the fact that he's writing anything on our site yeah exactly this book was awesome the, 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 awesome. the thing about this book is that I feel dumber when I read it oh my god don't you just so like not only do I feel everyone yeah yes <laughs> I feel lazy yes <laughs> I feel just pathetic. Unedu- the, uneducated and yeah. <laughs> thought that has gone into that. I've never put this much thought in anything. Like, <laughs> what am I going to make for dinner? 
Well, as someone who is completely independent of uh, Jonathan Hickman, I have to say, anyone who takes the time to create a, uh, a fictional series of dialogues about the nature of civilization between fictional characters, that's fascinating. Uh, it, that's a lot of work. And I have to give him credit, too, because I would much rather read it in that format than a bunch of talking heads saying the same yep. thing. Yep. And oh, yeah. you get way more packed into that issue because yep. of that. Yep, totally. He, I think he really took a lesson from uh, some of the stuff that Bendis has done, and then Terry you know, Moore. The Terry Moore did it. I was, yeah, was going to say yeah. Terry Moore also. Uh, and, it's, and, and normally, in a book like this, when you see that page full of text, it's like a groaner. Yeah, not that way at all. Yep. Um, what, what I find really interesting is that uh, Nightly News came out, and a lot of people criticized it because of the the because it's not your typical comic book and the way the layout is and stuff like that. And it's almost like you've seen it's like he's learned from that experience and the evolution of that, and he's he's merging his graphic design style plus the comic kind of visual storytelling style. Where I think that, like this is definitely an advancement from the Nightly News, just from a storytelling standpoint. So yeah. visually, I think right. it's like cleaner almost in a way. Yeah, where Nightly News had a lot of. Sometimes I found it hard to follow yep. um, visually because there's a lot, so much going on. And I think he's taken sort of an economy to what he's doing in this, which I yep. really enjoy. It makes it very clear. Yeah, I think he's even done that from the first issue of this. Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he had to cram so much into that to get it started. And then this one was just much more like the first one w- was felt a little like work. And it was good work. And I, and I didn't – I wasn't like upset. You know, like it didn't bug me. But this one was, was smoother, and yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. This cool. is going to be an awesome trade paperback someday. Yeah. All right, so, um, so what else do we got? Uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom, you read The Exterminators, right? Yes, I do. You like it? Uh, I do. I, I thought oh. this last issue, uh, I enjoyed. Uh, I, I, I dislike it when Tony Moore isn't doing the art, and that's nothing against the artists who have filled in. John Lucas. Because... Is uh, John Lucas? I think, I mean, his panel of that woman getting um, critically injured by an exploding uh, cantaloupe was awesome. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's always I always just in my mind when I picture it, I think of uh, I think of Tony Moore. And I did like this issue because I think Exterminators is at its strongest, where it draws in weird elements from other things, like this issue dealing with people's identity you know like your ethnic identity and how you yeah. relate to that and dealing with that in an odd way i thought that was kind of cool though the whole pall of it ending has sort of put it down yeah i'm trying not to think of it that way i just yeah. i wanted to bring this one up because um they were in sort of a long storyline for a while and this was sort of the the first time out of it in a little bit there was a fill-in issue in the middle there where they were on a cruise ship which was really funny yes um but but this one was just like, I don't even know if that last plot line was wrapped up or not. And he's he's kind of starting a whole new thing, which is palsy was, when your book's about to end. It was kind of wrapped up. I, I yeah. you know the thing with this book is I think it's stronger and it's one like one shot stories. Yeah, yeah very weird way. So. Those are always the more memorable uh, stories because I think. There's just like a tightness to it that I think the longer arcs while enjoyable because they've been building to this huge end that I don't think we're going to get the right amount of payoff for. I don't yeah, think I agree. We're going to see how all those big long elements are going to fit together really well while the one shots can exist on their own. Yeah. Um, you know what's re- what I think is really cool about this, this one too is that I know that I believe Simon Oliver is British. 
Um, yes. And the dude has Los Angeles down. I mean, like, it feels like L.A. And you've, he's got, like, a re- in this book, there's a really nice culture clash between, basically, there's a mother and a son, and, and, and he's, like, 14, and he's accusing her of not being Latino enough, and, and, and she's she's had a whole different experience. And it's just, it was just, like, a totally... Turn, it was a complete right turn from where we'd been before, but but it fit still, and I loved it. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Cool. So um, so Tom had a little fanboy moment um with uh with the Adam, and I've got to I've got to now log in with my fanboy uh, rage at Uncanny X Men number four ninety six. Um, uh, just real briefly, um, you know, picks up from the last issue. Last issue I had a real problem with Mike Joy's pencil with his art. Um, this time it was it was it was markedly this better. Is not Mike Joy. It was mar- it was markedly better. Um, basically all the X Men after the events of Messiah Complex, they've now scattered, and we've got you know um, Cyclops and Emma who were vacationing in the Savage Land, and they're they're now going to Sa- uh, San Francisco. Um, to see what uh, the angel has stumbled upon. There's some mutant out of control and making everybody go back to have a bad acid flashback to the 60s. Um, but that that was fine. Um, but then you had Wolverine, Nightcrawler, and Colossus in Russia visiting Colossus, the grave of Colossus's parents. And um, there are two things that happened that made me stand up and scream out loud. When nobody else is in the room, um, I'll I'll do the, the white wolf. I'll do the minor. I'll do the minor one and then the major one. The minor one is, of course, Wolverines, Colossus, and Nightcrawler get into a barroom brawl, and which was a great scene, which was really really good. But um, at one point, Colossus calls someone um, uh, Tavarsh, you know, the Russian whatever friend or whatever that Claremont always used, and they fracking spelled it wrong. Ooh, it's T O V A R I S C H, and they they forgot the S. It was T V O R T O V A R I C H. So it's uh, slang. That's Russian yeah. slang. <laughs> I am guessing. Yeah, I, I, this, I go on a limb here that that there's probably not an exact English translation of that word. All I know is that it's it's got to be done the way it's been done all these years. That's all I'm saying. Maybe Claremont was getting it wrong all that time. <laughs> Maybe the bigger issue. Oh, no. Shut the, your mouth, Josh. The bigger Please. issue, and now I'm going to warn everybody: if you're into Astonishing X Men and you don't want to be spoiled, stop. But they spoiled the end of Astonishing X Men. Oh, don't you can say another word. All I gotta really? say, yes. What happens is that Wolverine's giving Colossus a hard time about about uh, lamenting his parents and every all the loss in his life, and Nightcrawler goes, "Hey, give him a break. The man just visited his parents' grave, and just a few weeks ago, spoiler alert, he lost the he lost the woman he loves." Why did you do that? Because I had fucking ruined for me too. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> We're all about sharing pain. I know. (laughs) Now, I know it's not going to change the story we know, but now I know what happens. I think I know what happens. It's not fair. I didn't want to know. Well, you're coming down with me. The (laughs) thing wanted to know. I warned them. Didn't I not warn them? I warned them. We're editing that out. (laughs) No. You're just going to hear a blank, or you will have heard. No way. That's... Uh, It's very upsetting. I I can't believe they would let that go through. I just can't believe it. Scheduling conflict or not... You know, someone's got to be minding the store. You know, with with a book as big as that and a character as big as that, that's a huge bat. It's a huge, huge problem. So, a lot of people were pissed about that. Yeah, Jesus. Um, Who would have thought Cyclops is a woman? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of women and um, Joss Whedon, uh, Buffy number twelve came out. And for the past two months, Dark Horse has been hyping this, to, you know, saying that something really big happens in Buffy number 12. And I'm thinking someone's going to die. Something's going to happen. Um, do you remember uh, Cruel Intentions, that movie from the 90s? With, um, do I? Yeah. And do you remember when Sarah Michelle Gellar <laughs> made out with Selma Blair? Do I? Yeah. Well, 
Give if, you, third. if you like that movie, then if you like that scene, then you might like this book. Because that's the, the big thing they hyped. Is girls making out? Well, they didn't even make out, but it 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 it, it Buffy is in bed with a chick. That's basically what happened. And what's so funny is that it screams gimmick. Like, it screams, like, we're going to make Buffy gay. And even in the script, it does, because Buffy's talking to the girl, and she's like, ah, don't mention this to anybody. It's better kept between us. You know, like, it's just, like, totally unneeded for the story, and maybe it will be needed for the story, but, like, it just came, for me, it came out of nowhere. Um, so, I don't know. It was just I thought it was funny that the big, the big thing that happened was that Buffy uh, experimented. She's going to fall in love with a uh, lesbian vampire. Yeah. That's the only way. That's the only direction this can go. That's the only way. It could have done. So that Listen, was. It's better than Roseanne making out with a chick. <laughs> so that was a little shocking. But then um, the, the last book that I want to talk about uh, real quick was Clandestine Number Two, which was Alan Davis's uh, uh, written and drawn series, um, picking back up from the 90s when he was working on it. Um, just real quickly, it ends with a character. Uh, dropping into the past on the the train in the cross time caper from Excalibur, and it ends with Excalibur, uh, Captain Britain, Megan Phoenix, and Shadowcat, and Lockheed, and Nightcrawler, and I just I I giggled with fanboy joy because I love Excalibur. So um, this is like it's lame and it's you know whatever we're going back in time and dimensional whatever, but it gives me Alan Davis drawing Excalibur, so I'm a happy comic reader. So that's yeah. all you need. So it's the little things in life, really. So oh, let's just take us back to the things that made us happy. <laughs> that is, man, that is your catnip. That yeah. is your crack. It is. It really is. So uh, give me that um, Excalibur, <laughs> uncut. Don't step on it. <laughs> we wanted to uh, take a quick second, and uh, people can write reviews of their own books uh, on on ifanboy.com, and and we really like. Uh, that feature, and I love reading what other people have to say as opposed to just three of us. Yeah, that's, that was one of the main reasons why we did it because we're pretty much sick and tired of each other's opinions, so we want to hear everybody else's opinions. Aren't you afraid to come down from your pedestals? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but it's really, it's been great because a lot of people have been writing reviews and rating the comics, and we wanted to take some time to uh, highlight a couple of them. So, uh, Josh, do you want to uh, do the first one? The first one, uh, just because uh, you know, other people's opinions matter, and I fanboy is a community. So we got uh, Torque, T O R K. That's the username. Uh, he wrote about Green Green Lantern twenty eight. Loved it. Gave it a five out of five. Story and and art. Uh, and and he brought up the point that the fact that the Red Lanterns appear to be born of the remnants of the Empire of Tears certainly doesn't bode well for the Green Lanterns. It's amazing how one little side story twenty years back has served for potentially the greatest epic DC's done in a long time. Kudos to Jeff Johns for mining the past with a purpose and a skill that allows him that shows him as the greatest comic writer DC has right now, which is something I didn't know. I didn't know that that was a old yeah. story. It's from an so. Alan Moore story. Yeah. There you go. Really. Yeah. Tom knows his shit. That's awesome. God, you, you know what? Have a life. <laughs> um, all right, so I our next beard going down to my knees right now. <laughs> That's why I know that. <laughs> and just stacks of comic books all around you. <laughs> uh, this is a, this place is a tinderbox. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, all right, so our next review comes from Jay Stump, who uh, reviewed the New Frontier special we talked about, and he gave it a five for the story and a four for the art. Um, and Jay Stump says that this book had three stories in it. One dealt with Batman and Superman's fight that was only hinted at in the New Frontier. This is a story that I wanted to read when I saw the newspaper article that was the book. I must say it was pretty much everything I hoped for. Seeing Batman and Superman trying to kill each other in a no holds bar fight was great. I also like how it showed the formation of the ever beloved Trinity. So there's a there's a term that they're gonna overuse at the DC. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that that was like, wait a minute. Didn't Matt Wagner just do a story called Trinity? Yeah, they love the the, the three of them. So, hey. so. 
Um, and then and then finally, uh, Rofo, uh, ROF. Sure. Please. Yeah, go for it, Tom. <laughs> Rofo writes of Pax Romana, which he gives a four out of four on story and a four out of four on art. The or only four real weakness. What was that? It's four, four out of five. five. Also <laughs> works. Four out of five. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how it works. Uh, <laughs> the only real weakness I have found in the writing of this series is that the pacing is almost too fast at the expense of character development. Only Brigadier General Nicholas Chase and Emperor Constantine seem well developed, and it's hard to get a real handle on any of the other characters. That's a good observation. Yeah, it is, and that, that's one of the reasons that we picked it. Is just you know, you know, the, 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 the wow, I lost my train of thought completely. Hey, don't <laughs> apologize. But it's not all just it's not all just uh, you know, this book was awesome. Like that's good analysis. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought of it, but I think he's 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 right. And and we could sit here and tell you it's awesome, but you know, there's that. We did. So. We did tell people it was I know, awesome. exactly. <laughs> so um th- these were just excerpts of the reviews that they wrote. If you go to um ifanboy.com, look at the show notes for the show, we'll have links to the reviews and you can read them all and discover everybody else's reviews. So um go to the comic section and write your own. Yeah, go and maybe we'll pick yours to read on the, a future show. If you if you want to write a review, um you, you go to the little your comics thing and, and then each of the things that you picked will have the option to write a review about it. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone can comment on those reviews, uh and it's been great to read. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, a little more business. Um, we, this show is also sponsored by FooComics.com, which is a great uh, uh, new website for that that helps stores manage their customer subscriptions. Um, it's, it was created and designed by a uh, by a comic book collector, so he kind of knows what um, what he would be looking for in the ultimate store and wanted to build an application that would help them do that. So, um, if you are having a hard time managing your subscription at your store, tell your store owner to go to FooComics.com forward slash iFanboy to learn more. Uh, finally, we want to thank Triptych Books, uh, and they were founded uh, in early 2006 by three friends who wanted to bring new life to pen and paper role-playing games. Uh, basically, they're just three guys uh, who, who wanted to start a company doing something that they love and, and, and give back to a thing that they, that they really loved and try to make a living of it. So that's uh, very cool. You can go to Triptych Books, which is www.triptychbooks.com, and you'll find an int- introductory kit and a free downloadable PDF and, and all sorts of stuff like T-shirts. Uh, we met these guys at WonderCon, and they really believe in what they're doing. Uh, so it should be good stuff. Cool. Awesome. Um, all right, so on to the email, um, the part that we all love. Um, our first email comes from Leland in Olympia, Washington, um, who says, um, I've really only been reading comic books for about two years now, and I've been wondering about something. Growing up, the Spawn movie came out, and as did the cartoon series on HBO. I was just wondering how you guys felt about this franchise. It seems to have been pretty popular, but I've never really heard anyone talk about it. Was it a 90s thing? Is it any good? I'd love to hear what you guys think. Thanks. This is a longer conversation than we probably have time for, but I just wanted to hear you say Spawn. Spawn. <laughs> spawn. My, there, there are like seven words that my Long Island accent comes out on, and Spawn's one of them. <laughs> I'll answer, Ron. <laughs> um, I bought issues 1 through 100 of Spawn. You bought the Spawn? I, I bought the Spawn, and I, I read every one of them, and then I stopped at 100 because at 100 I said, I'm out, and I just walked away. <laughs> nice. um, it, it was a 90s thing, I guess, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why no one talks about it, I think, because yeah. – I, I, I don't know what's happening with Spawn, but uh, I, I don't think it matters all that much anymore because I have to assume it hasn't been that good. Well, I've heard people say some good things about the newer stuff, and it has only been recently that The Walking Dead passed Spawn 
yeah. is the highest selling image book. Yeah. Wow. So there are people out there that are buying some, oh, they're, they're de- some good things about Spawn. Yeah, I mean, the people who buy the action figures are completely dedicated to the book. I mean, like, you know, they, they, yeah. love, they love that aspect. And then, But the thing that gets me about Spawn, at least as far as what I could tell, is that it's gone through, I think, in the past, like, four years, like, three or so kind of reboots. You know, where like they, they, they it was basically Spawn was done by Tom, Todd McFarlane. It was his inaugural image book, and it was about a guy who made a deal with the devil and had to be a soldier in the, the devil's army and couldn't get to his wife and his kid and blah, blah, blah. And then they went down, like, they went down for a while, they went down like a crime angle with Sam and Twitch, the work that Bendis did. And then they went with, um, then they went with like a horror angle. And now I don't know actually what angle they're doing now. Um, I know that David Hine was writing some of it. Who he yeah. did some stuff at Marvel. Um, I have honestly sort of the, the no Capullo. Capullo's nope. been long gone. Yeah, he's been gone for ages. Um, I don't know any Angel Angel Medina? I think was doing it for a while, right? So anyway, it still looks like Spawn. I think that maybe one of the reasons is that it's kind of just doing what it did. Yeah. Like it, like when you look when you flip through a spawn book, it kind of still like it has that look, which is you know both kind of good and bad. Yeah. It never really evolved, as far as I understand. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the movie wasn't good. No. Oh, the movie was bad. The cartoon the animated series was beautiful, yeah. but he was the most frustrating and infuriating character in the history of anything. Yeah. He would just sit there and whine and not do anything. My favorite part of the cartoon was the um, the intros by Todd McFarlane, dressed all in black at a drawing board in a warehouse. <laughs> That's where I do all my drawings. I know. <laughs> it's from Canada, and he lives in Arizona, and he talks like he's from Brooklyn. What is that? Sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, next email. John Ha. Our friend John. John. I don't actually know how to say his last name. I, just I think realized. it's Johnny H. Yeah. John Hawk. Uh, he writes in. He says, why am I still reading Countdown? Is this going to oh, pay no. off? Where do you think they went wrong? Are you looking forward to Final Crisis? <laughs> well, Tom, bring up. Tom, you're the resident DC guy that Connor's not here. Oh, I dropped Countdown a while ago. <laughs> oh, bravo. Really? Oh, good, sir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I dropped. I think where they went wrong was uh, the reason 52 works so well is that was the place you went to to read about those characters and that story. Yep. That story wasn't in other books. But what DC did is when they took Countdown and said this is going to be the spine of the DC universe, they almost took all the cool elements that they could be telling in Countdown and told them in other stories. You know, If you want to read about the New Gods, read Death of the New Gods by Jim Starlin. It's right. a thousand times better than the stuff that's being done in Countdown. If you want to read about the villains, read Salvation Run. Right. It's better than what they're doing in Countdown. You're just getting, like, not a little bit of everything, and it's not done really well. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it's it's sort of um, the what's indicative of me of the problem is, like, you see a character, they introduce someone like the Jokester, who was a really cool character and had a really good one-shot about him, and then they killed him. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, well, this is how this is going to go. You know, they're going to just, you know, I feel, the opportunity is sort of wasted. Yeah, I'm still reading it, believe it or not, because I, I, I have a hard time letting go. Um, no. <laughs> but um but i i get the the strong sense and again you know paul dini is the head writer on countdown he also writes on ifanboy.com so we're showing you know like we're you know we're totally cool um i think i think dc editorial changed direction about maybe a quarter of the way through and then they changed direction again about half of the way through 
And I think what was originally planned is not what we're seeing now. That's the gut I get. I know nothing of that fact. I don't know for sure. But I get I get the feeling that like when they quickly realized either what was, wasn't working or they decided what they were going to do a Final Crisis and they started moving pieces to do that, I don't think everything it's, – it's totally pure. I think editorial kind of screwed this one up. So. Well, the, the crazy thing was the main stories that they started off with, yeah. I sort of got interested again when they dropped those. Yes, yeah. About eight weeks <laughs> of other stuff. And then yeah. as soon as those stories came back in, I was like, I'm out. I'm like, I, I'm really angry. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to read. I want to read more about these stories. They were doing good stuff with this. So yeah. now they're at like eight now. Yeah, it's almost yeah. over. Yeah. So so basically, if you've read it this far, then yeah, I'm like, you should finish it. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I mean, if you care that much, then you probably are going to want to know what en- how it you know want to see how it ends and then getting right. into Final Crisis. Which... So are we excited for Final Crisis? Sure, why not? Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Could go either way. I mean, I think it could be awesome, but it could just be like, oh, no, this is an event that I haven't we had enough crises. Well, I mean, but this is a final crisis. Yeah, You know what? Infinite crisis. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also in, I am encouraged by the fact that they at this point, they aren't they seem to be taking a lesson from the Sinestro core story and not deciding to tell it in every single book that they're going to be doing you know so far they've said that there isn't a lot of crossovers with it which i think will benefit you know benefit the story but it could you know it could be crap who knows yeah. that's why we buy them every week yeah i mean and that's <laughs> um you had it yeah exactly and like the, and the thing is again i, I mean i i've been saying it for the past couple of weeks is that i think that there's something funky going on in the dc offices from the editorial standpoint so i'm curious to see how much of it truly is morrison and how much of it is just morrison scripting a la miller scripting civil war while marvel pretty much wrote civil war you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i mean I, i'm excited for it though i mean jg jones are uh, on there any time so yeah a series is never better than like the two months before it comes out. Yeah, that's true. That's when it's at its best when you're the most excited. <laughs> oh, this is going to suck. This is, dude, it's, hey, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you have questions and those are two good ones, uh, you can write to contact at ifanboy.com. All right. Um, okay, so we're, we're running a little long, so we're just going to do one voicemail this time around. Um, and our first voicemail comes from um, someone who's confused about uh, superhero comics. Hi, guys. I am relatively new to the comic book world. I absolutely adore it. However, I read a lot of indie comics, and I have been following the Fables and Jack of Fables, Buffy. But I find myself shying away from anything Marvel because the stories are so ingrained. I was reading Dark Knight for a while um, and Detective, Batman Detective, but... There's just stuff that I feel like I'm never going to understand because I haven't been reading it for the last 40 years. If you have any suggestions for me of like a good way to get introduced to some of those basic characters, basic storylines, I would sure appreciate it. Thank you. So um, that's that's a very good question that we get a lot, that a lot of people write in about. Um, and actually, uh, we need to also clarify that she had called in after that, saying that she knew that Batman wasn't a Marvel book, and she just got nervous on the phone. So um, let's give her, let's give Robin a little credit. Also, her name was Robin. She didn't say that on that call. But um, anyway, so Robin um, um, is afraid of the superhero books because of the the, the weight that they carry. Um, and I think, and it's interesting because uh, we talked about uh, on our upcoming video show this Saturday, we we're talking about superheroes and why we like them. And and so Robin, you might want to go check that out. But um, 
this is one answer we've we've answered this question before and uh, Josh you and Connor always got mad at me when I said this but my point of view is that if you're interested in superhero comics and you're curious about them but you you you're scared by the baggage just pick them up start reading if you don't understand something just go to Wikipedia go to the web and you'll find your answers there or go to the comic book store you know I would have said the same thing oh, okay well when I said that on the show a year ago you yelled at me so I don't remember these things I would say I would say if you're interested in it. Yeah, just yeah, just grab one. I mean, if the story doesn't make sense and it's boring, it's not because you don't know what's going on. It's because it's, it's a... because it's boring and it's a bad story, <laughs> and it doesn't know? and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> People seem to want to blame like a boring story, and that obviously I don't know something that makes this interesting. Right. But most of the time, that's not true. Most of the time, if something's really boring, it all the Wikipedia and everything is not going to make that story fantastic you're yeah. not gonna like and be like oh this is you know this no, is great. no, no I know it, this is. and quite more, quite more more often than not we're just as confused as you are <laughs> and we've been reading them yeah. for years <laughs> you know what, when i was a kid always the, the the best the things that i remember most about superhero comics was i was like i like spider-man so i just buy it and i would start reading it and i would fill in the blanks as i went and if it was any good i'd know it and i'd enjoy it like you said and you know if not also you know fables isn't like it's free of baggage yeah yeah, there's yeah, five exactly. years behind that book. You know, you're reading that. It's 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 you know what? Fundamentally, it's no different than that. Story is a story is a story. Yeah. You know, it's almost and, and, easier to pick up something like the Fantastic Four at issue five forty six than it would be to pick up Fables at issue seventy one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, because Fantastic um, Four is never going to stray, stray that far from what it is. Well, Fables has gone you know miles and yeah. miles away from and, you know where it's at. I mean, I hate to be like go to the site but like if you if you are curious about then. a book okay <laughs> go to their site <laughs> you know, if you're curious about a book that's coming out or you've been interested in a character like take a look at some of the reviews that people have written and some of the comments under it you'll figure out if that's a good time like if you go to the comic section of iFanboy you'll figure out if that's a good time to jump on or not you can you can yeah. You know, use and, the community. People and will help. Personally, I mean, like, personally for me, when I, my favorite time of reading comics was my first two years when I didn't know anything and I and I went out and I found out everything I could know about the X-Men. Like, that was – and then I went out and found out everything I could know about Spider-Man. And then in the late 90s when I went and found out everything I could find out about The Flash. You know what I mean? Those were my favorite times, you know? So um, don't don't deny yourself that, the, the innocence of not knowing anything. <laughs> That's um, deep. I know, isn't it? <laughs> so, if you have any questions um, similar to Robin, deep uh, ponderings, you can call us at um, ifanboy at one eight eight fanboys. That's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. Let's wrap this puppy up. Yes. Um, we mentioned earlier the New Frontier contest, and and that we have ten winners. There was hundreds, hundreds of entries. Hundreds, um, yeah. And uh, we have 10 that we picked randomly. I'm not going to read them all off because for some reason people decided not to put their actual name, which would help. Uh, we have their email <laughs> address. Darth Vader 78 You guys are <laughs> getting uh, an email uh, from us and then we'll, we'll follow up. Um, a lot of people did give us their address though. They were like, here you go, just in case. Um, but we'll email the winners. But the grand prize winner, uh, basically the winner, the, the contest was to get uh, these uh, limited edition uh mugs pint glasses that were only designed for the party at new frontier at isotope during WonderCon. uh darwin cook designed them there were only a limited number made and you could only get them at the party except for through this contest yeah um so people are going to get those uh but one winner is going to get a signed uh 
New Frontier DVD signed and sketched on by Darwin Cook, and that is Dave Levine, whose yeah. whose email address, by the way, is email Dave Levine at you know whatever. But you do know that's <laughs> a character Dave. from Star Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dave Levine. <laughs> He was in the band at Java. <laughs> <laughs> he was that's uh, Salacious Crumb. There's Dave Levine. He was on bass. Yeah. Um, so, so congratulations, congratulations, Dave. You're also going to get um, not only the pint glass and the signed uh, DVD, but you're also going to get uh, the limited edition art print of the invitation to the party, which is badass. So, um, put it up, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's fra- it's definitely a framer. So, um, yep. so Dave, so congratulations, and uh, we'll be in contact with you, and we'll get and everybody else, all the winners, congratulations, and thanks to everybody else who played. And also, um, you might want to go check out, we talked about last week, on our video show last week, uh, or two weeks ago, which is about Super Cities, and we talked about the Marvel, uh, Marvel's New York City kind of um, experience. Um, the Simon & Schuster and, and iFanboy are giving away 50 copies of that book, Mar- The Marvel Guide to New York City, which you can still enter that sweepstakes for Go to ifanboy.com, find episode 59. There's a link there to it. There's also a banner running on ifanboy.com, and you can enter that sweepstakes. So, um, good times. Uh, um, but also while you're there, you should go to ifanboy.com where you can check out uh, the weekly Pick of the Week review every Wednesday as well as um, much more in-depth comic book discussion as well as our Book of the Month, um, which we're going to be talking about on the show when Connor gets back from his travels if he gets back. Um, and um, great, stuff there, go- great stuff there going on at ifanboy.com. I think Connor's in a Turkish prison. But anyway, pick your book, review them, and rate them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, go, go to ifanboy.com slash comics. You can do your pull list every week. You can then, after you get your books, you can rate them and write reviews it's it's a lot of fun so do that there you know we're going to be highlighting more of those reviews and talking about people so if you you know that's one more way that you can get on the show and do this stuff so so it 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 works for everybody it's really helpful i find so do that uh before we Uh, before we go on with tom we're sorry this is our kind of like our our stock outro so just bear with us Oh, hey, that's, that's no problem. I know all about I've, this same thing. We try to make it fun. And, uh, Tom, I promise you, we never say the word essential. So. God, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> it's not as bad if you get to sit at home and have to do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Onward and if upward, If you'd like everyone. to go to ifanboy.com slash... I'm sorry, that was the best sal I could do. I didn't... Um... <laughs> that wasn't half bad. <laughs> thank you. It's just starting to turn into Augie, so I stopped talking. <laughs> this is like, no too much about podcasting if you want to buy any of the books that we talked about in the video shows or get a link to Amazon where you can buy stuff and help the, the, the site and everything out uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash store or if you want to sign up for a uh, free Netflix trial you can go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy god can we sell anything else I know um, so we also have a video show in case you have never watched it um, and that comes out every Saturday at 1pm Eastern um, and you can go over to ifanboy.com check that out or go to revision3.com forward slash ifanboy uh, yesterday our episode about superheroes came out uh, which I mentioned earlier in the, in the broadcast and next week uh, we finally got our WonderCon show for y'all so we're very excited for that one So, Ooh. Uh, apparently we do have more to sell if you want a t-shirt go to jinx.com slash ifanboy send in a picture we'll send you stuff <laughs> and as we you said want to buy the shirt off Josh's back email him um, as we said earlier you can email us at contact let's go <laughs> you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys 326-2697 if you're calling the voicemail line keep it to 30 seconds um, a couple of you um, left several messages and it was really good to hear from you but we're not going to play 
four minutes of you talking on the show, but we're really glad you called. So please keep calling, but keep the message and shorter. Followed up and called again. <laughs> so um, so keep them short. And also, if you like the internet and all that kind of stuff, um, if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash about, or just go up to click about us, you can get all of the links to MySpace, Comic Space, Verb, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, and you can follow us and you can be our friends, and we really like that. So. Thank you. Uh, yeah. If you like the show, spread the word. Tell your friends about it. Talk to people in the comic shop. Tell whoever. Write a review right. on iTunes. Thank you. Yeah. And um, finally, um, actually, if you're into the Twitter thing, you should. we're all on Twitter. Tom Caters is also on Twitter, and he's a very yeah. good Twitterer. So you should find Tom Caters on Twitter. And if you're on Twitter, you'll know how to do that. Or unless, Tom, you want to say where your Twitter address is. So. That's Tom Caters. <laughs> you whatever can, you have to do to get there. You keep it easy. His email is impossible to find. (laughs) Um, And finally, if you'd like what we do and um, what we do week in, week out for all y'all on the comics enjoyment, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash donations and um, you can donate through PayPal. We appreciate it. The folks who donated, we really appreciate it. We want to thank you. So you keep us going. So, but before we wrap up, Tom has the best new podcast of the year. You do. Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell? Tell some more people about it. <laughs> uh, I, I do uh, a show called Tom versus the JLA, where I've been going over every issue of the Justice League of America. I think start. I did start doing the audio version at 163. I'm at 189 now. It's about. It's like a 12 minute long podcast where I just talk about what happens in the issue, and I know that sounds really boring and really horrible to sit and listen to but I I, I think it's it's fun because I point out all the funny stuff I now, don't just read the book to you yeah now I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna disclose that I know Tom we've hung out in person I, I would say we're friends or at least acquaintances right Tom I mean like... friends is friends is a good description okay so so I'm a bit I'm a bit biased because uh, you know because I but the thing is I gotta say it has become the highlight of my day my commute I get on the train and I put on Tom versus the JLA and you've literally had me laughing out loud on the street like it's it's you your observations about that era of the Justice League are very astute and and spot on and funny as hell. So it's five days a week, Monday through Friday, which you can uh, get it on iTunes. Just look up Tom versus the JLA. Yep. Where else would you find out about the Flash's latent racist tendencies? <laughs> oh yeah, his weird conservatism or uh, <laughs> any of the. Uh, the weird mix of uh, people wearing costumes in odd situations. But I, my, my also my other favorite is the is the um, the un, un before unknown bureaucracy of the JLA of all the paperwork and the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, when you join, you have to sit through a class where Batman teaches you where everything on the satellite is. <laughs> it it, everyone has to go to that meeting. It really was yeah. a, t- a time of comics that I think we've forgotten about. It's the yeah. best time of comics because it's halfway between Silver Age ridiculousness and it's like they like, let's come up with a complicated and interesting story about how criminals can in- duplicate the Justice League. But then <laughs> let's have their goal be stealing some diamonds. <laughs> like that's the, oh, well, you know, we're writing for eight-year-olds. Let's not get too highbrow. <laughs> It's really a lot of fun. So Tom vs. the JLA, Google it or find it on iTunes. It's awesome. We'll link to it on the show notes so you can check it out. Right, so. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So Tom, thank you so much for coming on and, and filling in for Connor. It's always a blast to have you on the show. So. I have no problem. Well, you know, I support anyone who's becoming a monk. <laughs> yeah. Connor has decided that he wants to be a monk in Europe. Well, he's already got the shaved head, so he's he's already one step there. Yeah, exactly. He's so. already there. He's, that's yeah, good. He, he finds out he has to give up meat and sex. <laughs> <laughs> then he's screwed. He's all about both of those. <laughs> I know. That's, that's when he's on the first plane back to the states. He's like, <laughs> he just he's like, uh, what? <laughs> Excuse me. 
Uh, what? No, wait, hold on. It says here in this contract, you don't even have pie? Okay. All right, so I think that wraps it up. Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Josh. And I will be Connor next week. <laughs> Two. <laughs> All right, so um, sorry. <laughs> you laughing? I just realized they said I'll take it. I had no idea what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was like, good. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you were okay. such a pro there for like a few seconds. <laughs> I got this. Don't worry. I got the intro on this one. <laughs>